Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Do you remember when we were friends in the 80s? In the 80s. Do you remember? Hello and welcome to Acceptable in the 80s. You alright? Yeah, I'm alright. You alright? Yeah, I'm alright. How you been? Yeah, not too bad, you know. Fucking lockdown shite, isn't it? <sighs> I've had enough of it now. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm... Not that it was fun at first. Well, no, it was a little bit more fun at first because it was sunny. Yeah. So you could, like... It was holiday mode, wasn't it? It was all having little cold beers in the garden and it was nice. And then now it's like the snow's gone and it's just pissing down. I'll just listen to Colonel Abrams trapped on repeat. Do you feel that kind of incarcerated? Yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah. Do you think... Do you think that was a concept record? Do you think Colonel Abrams was trapped? (laughs) I'd love to think it was something about a kind of record deal that he was locked into, but I bet it weren't. Did he write it? Um, Yeah, yeah, he wrote it. They shut him in the studio until he finished it. Good tune, that. Oh, it's a fucking banging tune, isn't it? Yeah. I like them. I like them eighties. Uh, you know, kind of electro-y records with a, a black soulful voice over it. I think that fucking. You know, give, like j- give, just give be good to examples. me. Examples. Just be good to me. What the uh, the uh, Zap Band? Yeah. No. Uh, uh, SOS Band. SOS Band. Yeah. It's. Do you know what the synths on that? Like the full version of that, how it builds. Yeah. Is, Fucking brilliant. And like the Jam and Lewis stuff, the Alex O'Neill stuff. Yeah. He's, he's, synth, he's synth pop, but with a black soulful voice over yeah. it. That fucking does a business for me. When you listen to that early Alex O'Neill stuff, like uh, Innocent and What's Missing and things like that, you can tell the kind of Prince influence because it was that whole kind of Minneapolis thing. But it was just kind of synthy, heavy pop with a bit of, I guess, what they'd call funk. Yeah. Big fan of funk, are you? No, 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 I'm not a funky bloke, am I? I've got no fucking rhythm ever whatsoever. I'm probably the least funky person in the fucking world. <laughs> Do you think you've ever had a little dance where you've just thought, yep? Yeah. Go on. 
Well, I can't remember one isolated incident where I felt funky, but there's been a couple of times where I've been on stage and I've just caught the rhythm of one of my songs. You're like, do you know what? I can fucking do this, but I can't because like two bars later, I'm back out of time again. I've got no fucking rhythm whatsoever. Obviously, I've got fantastic timing as a musician and entertainer, but dancing-wise, no fucking rhythm. That's why I gave it up. Do you do you think there should be a kind of cut-off? Because at 47, do you think that's too old to dance? Not on stage. Like, you're out and about, you've had a couple of beers, and probably me's gone, come on, let's just pop in this club. Come on, it'd be a laugh. What would I dance on in yeah. that instance? I'm trying to think of the, when was the last time I danced. The last time I danced was when we were when your brother came over from Australia, and we all went out around London on a pub crawl, and all had a little bit too much to drink, and your brother ended up getting wedged in the fucking what was that trendy pub where they were trying to do trendy bingo, beardy bingo in the fucking blue, Good the old blue last, old blue last, yeah, and uh, and your brother ended up getting a fucking wedgie, and we all danced to some indie song while everyone else was sat there trying to play bingo. <laughs> That's the last time I danced, and probably the last time before that was over 10 years before that. Do you know what? That was that prime example of when like, a load of blokes think they're the funniest people at the party, and everyone else is just thinking, wankers. Yeah. Like, if I was sitting there, and that lot walked in, I'd just be like, fucking idiots. Yeah, it's just a, a load of sad old pricks that don't get to go out much anymore. In a trendy place. I think that was Ruined the name of the album everyone. on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, look, should we, um, we, we start as always with um, having a little look at the charts. What was going on in uh, February? We should point out it's February 1981, isn't it? Yeah, so 81. We, so we've been pals for, uh, for uh, oh, what will it be? A few months. Yeah, a few months now. Um, so at number one, um, Specials. Was too, it? Yeah, too much, too young. Have I got this wrong? That you've got nineteen eighty. Oh, did you do the music for nineteen eighty as well? <laughs> right. <laughs> Fucking hell! Well, look, we need to point this out. Have you out. just followed the nineteen eighty link? No, I just thought the films were nineteen eighty. The, the music was as well. Unbelievable. Yeah, it is. It's fucking... <laughs> right, okay, let's switch things up. Right, so just to give you a bit of context here, um, I, I asked Cunt to do the... Uh, the, the, the uh, I didn't even ask. He got all excited and done the prep and sent me over all the stuff. So I was like, oh, brilliant. So I've gone through it all. Then you left me a message going, I've been a bit of a dick and I've just got the year wrong. Uh, so I was like, oh, okay. So all the films we're probably going to talk about tonight are going to be from 1980, but I've just updated the music to 1981, so we can have a look uh, where we're at. There's not been a huge change um, since uh, the last episode, and I base that purely on the fact that there's some huge records out that we're obviously not going to fuck off for a while. I'm going to come around there and see what you got up there. Oh, okay. So um, I should point out, obviously, we're fresh off the back of uh, of John Lennon dying. And uh, have you literally just checked the date? No. Fe- February 1981. I'm fucking, what are you I'm, doing? I'm working, from, I'm working from the chart at the end of February. Oh, okay. We might see some more significant charts. Ah, oh, right. Good, 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 good. All right, well done. Okay, you, you've redeemed yourself, mate. 
Right. So you can shut up, you face. Right, well, um... Ah, oh, see what you've done there. Hmm. Um, Joe Dolce wasn't even uh, Italian, was he? What? No, I think he was from, like, Scumthorpe or something like that. But he looks Italian. Where was Joe Dolce from? Let's have a little look. I'm going to Google this. So, I mean, it's a well-said well story, isn't it, that Joe Dolce uh, had this huge number one uh, American-Australian singer-songwriter. Uh, from Scumthorpe. I just, I just wanted to kind of make it the least Italian I possibly could. Uh, so, yeah, that famously kept off uh, uh, Vienna from number one. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? What, about Joe Dolce keeping Vienna off number one? Yeah. Are you a fan of Vienna? Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I am, yeah. I mean, like, it's one of these things that in time it's become one of these kind of overblown... 80s kind of excess things, isn't it, Vienna, that you wouldn't have got away with really at any other time. But, I don't know, it's, it's a good record. Yeah, when uh, the chorus drops, you do think, oh, that's good. Yeah, and it's got lots of bits to it as well, you know. But then, Shut Up Your Face is a good record as well. Is it? Yeah, isn't well, it? I, I don't know. Well, I only ever see it on programmes... Right, Sing Me Vienna... <clears throat> The feeling has gone out of you and I, it means nothing to me. Oh, Vienna! But I don't know. The little, 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 little no, bit. I'm not asking you to do the whole thing. Right, Ask me to sing Shut Up Your Face. Sing Shut Up Your Face. What's the matter, you? Hey! hey. Gotta no respect to <laughs> hey. Oh, Shut Up Your Face. <laughs> And it? it just yeah. fucking gets you up on the dance floor. Like Vienna's just a bit it's a bit serious, isn't it? Like after Vienna you well, just Well that's not gonna get you on the dance floor, is it? Nah, but like here we are stuck in lockdown for fucking it's been forty fucking something days just in this lockdown. Joe a year of being locked down. If someone said to me, What do you want to hear next? Vienna or Joe Dolce, I'm fucking Joe Dolce every day. Alright, I'll leave you fucking Joe Dolce and I'm gonna go. Down the charts. Uh, to number three, I Surrender by Rainbow. I, I, I think I would have had a rainbow patch on my heavy metal jacket that I wore briefly for about six months in the late 80s. So, we should touch on this, because um, you went metal, didn't you? <laughs> I uh, thought I'd bring it up before you did. Well, it was weird, because we weren't into metal. No, we weren't, no. But you come back from a boot sale once, and I remember you had your... Uh, Judas Priest cap. Yeah, do you know why? No. It's because I had my own mind and I didn't have to like everything you liked. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember just thinking, he don't like Judas Priest. Yeah, but it was 20p. All right. I didn't know anything they'd done. Well, there you go. Like, And then all of a sudden you had like a, a denim jacket and like, and then you started trying to tell me that Iron Maiden were good. I cut the arms off the denim jacket and I put a patch on the back. Iron Maiden were good. Iron Maiden were basically girls allowed for metal. I don't sound great, does it? No. No. I never got it. And I... No, I thought they were, I thought Iron Maiden had proper pop songs, but they were just done in like in a kind of fairly soft, heavy metal style. I've got a memory of I Surrender. And... There was a bloke 
Or not a bloke, like a teenager that lived at the end of the road, like the first house in on the left, and he had like a motorbike. And his name was Anton. That's a fucking geezer's name, isn't it? I don't know. Anton the dancer on Strictly. That's a good point. Anton was like a bloke, and I remember he had like a black kind of vest, but not like a vest. He had like the the kind of one with just the sleeves cut off. Yeah. And like he had that and a motorbike, and he was handsome. And I remember like, and he had a fag on, and he was probably only about like 17, but I remember thinking Anton was the coolest geezer ever. And I remember like walking home from wherever it was and walking into the street, and he was working on his bike. And I remember him just going, all right. And I was like, all right. And like, I remember that day you said you got your first art on. But in the background, I can remember vividly hearing, I surrender, I surrender. It's like something off Cobra Kai. Yeah, yeah, that would that would sit nicely on Cobra Kai, that. Like, and, and up until now, I never knew that was Rainbow. Oh, really? No. You thought, yeah, but you thought Rainbow was like fucking Jeffrey and Zippy and that. At that point, 100%. <laughs> <clears throat> be a very uh, different record, wouldn't it? They are, yeah. I mean, I, woman, we've still got like the, uh, the the aftermath of the, the the resurgence of the chart success of Lennon um, in the in the sort of wake of his his uh, his assassination, and uh, oh, up from twenty one to six, Roxy Music, uh, Jealous Guy, yeah, the, the superior the, version. Honestly, believe that? Nope, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> because I've grown and I've changed and I was able to reconsider it, you know, and I was mature enough to say, you know, maybe I was wrong to say that Roxy Music's version of uh, Jealous Guy was better than John Lennon's. You know, I don't have to stick by that opinion just because I had it once and I think that's part of growing as a person and an individual that you look back on some of the things you said in the past and you change your opinion about them, you know, and you don't dwell on these things. Just move on. Move on. Credit ass. Uh, <laughs> um, so, oh, at number seven, uh, Return of Lost Palmer Seven, Madness. I mean, that's an interesting single, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is an interesting single. I, I thought there was more kind of singly singles on. Um, absolutely, wasn't it? Mm. Um, like an instrumental with just a little fucking good night at the end. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's, it's kind of. I mean, it's good. I, I fucking love it. I love it. But you, you don't kind of. Oh, I mean, I say you don't get it anymore. I don't know. I don't listen to the charts anymore, apart from when I was in it briefly last month. But month before last, fucking old news, isn't it? It's chip rap already. Fuck's sake. We put that to bed in the last one. Yesterday's news, mate. Not even yesterday's. Is it? It's the fucking day before yesterday. Last it's even years. worse, yeah. <laughs> well, for track eight. Can I just say, though? Go for it. I had, a heart, I had a higher chart position than the Smiths ever got. Well, I'm not saying I'm better than the Smiths. That's for everyone else to decide. How many bands have you Googled to see? <laughs> Just the Smiths. <laughs> Mention that, should you ever meet Morrissey. Um, oh, it's eating him up, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh. Definitely. Um, number eight um, is probably my earliest memory of Top of the Pops. Oh, really? What's that then? It's Coast to Coast with Do the Hucklebuck. Yeah, I remember do the Hucklebutt. And uh, for listeners that aren't old cunts, I've just, sorry, I've just had a chilli peanut and it's really strong. <laughs> They've got a proper kick, haven't they? Mm. Um, do the Hucklebutt was one of them kind of 
resurgence of like Teddy Boy kind of rockabilly, rock yeah. and roll. Uh, and it was, yeah, just, uh, you do the Hucklebuck, you do the Huck. And I remember, like, he had, like, a couple of girls, like, dressed in, like, 50s-style dancing with him. And I remember thinking, whoa, yeah. when I was really young. And I remember, like, really liking the song and just desperately hoping, like, if I watched Top of the Pops, they were going to be on there. And I think the week I watched it, they dropped. So it was like, oh, they're not going to be on there, are they? Boo. Mm. Number nine, Southern Freeze by Freeze. I love that. What's that? Oh, that's that. I never knew what that was. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the same freeze that done A E A E R O U? I don't know. Must be. There can only be one freeze, can't there? Yeah. I'm not. I love I O U. Yeah, it's good that. Yeah. Bit of Arthur Baker, that. Yeah. So what was Arthur Baker's involvement in it? Did, was that him? Was no, that his band? No, or did he so, just produce it? Oh, do you know what? I'm not, I'm not um, qualified enough to say. Out on Beggar's Banquet. Oh, really? Yeah. At number 10, The Oldest Swinger in Town by Fred Wedlock. But see, that was one of those records. Like, shut up your face. And you're like, Arthur Daly, he's all right. There was a lot of them in the kind of late 70s and early 80s. Like Baron Knights. Them kind of comedy songs. Yeah. That are... Uh, Entered the charts, you know, and you don't see it so much anymore. I mean, there was one in December, but it doesn't happen. <laughs> it doesn't happen that much anymore. Oh dear, yeah, a bit of a rarity that nowadays. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't which... want to dwell on it. Though. Let's move on. All right, yeah, okay, we will move on. Uh, yeah, so a lot of them are dropping. There was all of the top ten to twenty are all dropping. So we, we've spoke about most of them. What other new entries have we got here? Uh, I'll tell you what I, I did make a note of. I, I know we talked about Fade to Grey. Um, but, An- um, anniversary of his death last week. Oh, was it? Yeah. How many years? Oh. Five? Four or five, I reckon. Oh, really? Yeah. It's amazing, that record. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. Do you like any other of his Irish records? Uh, not that spring to mind, do you? <laughs> I like, <laughs> I do like Mind of a Toy. When we used to, we did this, uh, this uh, sort of early eighties club in Soho, sort of uh, very briefly around the time of the Romo scene, mm. and uh, I was DJing with this this kind of confidence trickster who got me to do it for nothing, and uh, I used to play Mind of a Toy there. So there was a lot of kind of Gary Newman, you know, like Newmanoids turned up there, mm. and. Uh, when a child grows out of toys, it's one of them kind of serious eighties records, like like uh, Vienna. Gary Newman was a serious man, wasn't he? He was. He did seem serious, didn't he? See, we went to see Newman, didn't we? Like, oh, that's right. Yeah, last year? No, year before. We don't count last year, do we? No, it's weird. That's the thing is, you think it was last year, but nothing happened last year, yeah. did it? Um, I left halfway through. I thought it was rubbish. Uh, you stuck about, didn't you? Yeah, but you you fucked off before he done cars, didn't you? Yeah, I, I, I well, I don't think he played anything I'd heard in the first like forty minutes. But I'm not a numenoid. Like, it, it was they say about Cliff's Pavilion though. I, I just I don't know. I don't really like Cliff's Pavilion as a venue. Like when it's not completely fucking rammed, it's a big old venue to fill, mm. and there was quite a bit of space at the back. And I don't know, I think if you're kind of not in the throng of it, 
then you kind of lose the atmosphere a bit and the, the kind of gig disappears off into the spaces. Yeah. That's Entertainment by The Jam, up to 21 from 26. That's a good record. I would, I would class that in great records that I could happily never fucking hear again. It is a great record, but it's a bit of a Virgin Radio special, isn't it? You're going to get that a lot. Like, every now and then, you, you know, I'll be out and kind of that will come on the radio and it'll sound fucking amazing. And then the other 25 times, I'll just turn it over because it just fucking, I've just heard it too much. Yeah. But it's a, it's a good record, isn't it? But yeah. Why do you think songs like that get played so often? Just because they're good. I think it's as simple as that. I really do. I was trying. I was really searching my brain there for an answer, and it was like, I think it's just because it's good. Yeah, but like, why does it get played so often? There's lots of records that are really good that you never fucking hear. See, down in the tube station at midnight's better, but I think it's maybe a little bit more abrasive for a lot more daytime radio stations. Whereas that's entertainment is fundamentally an acoustic record, isn't it? Well, that, that's the thing is we want a we want a fucking rock band doing an acoustic record. Mm. Do you know my two least favourite rock bands doing acoustic records? Go on. Uh, what's that fucking extreme one? More than words. Yep. And Mr. Big, be with you. Oh. <laughs> they're both really bad records. Oh, they're dog shit, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is some of some of our listeners will like will, will have got like smelly fingers whilst listening to them. Well, ironically, have I, have I told you about um, our, our, our mutual friend Just? I don't know. I want to have hear I, it. Have though. I told you the extreme story? Nah. So um, is this going to be like him with his arsehole clamped open, or is no, this nothing the like band that. extreme? The band extreme. And uh, so, uh, Cunt and I were obviously in bands, and as was our mutual friend Justin. Uh, and, and Justin was in like a sort of comedy band not too far from where we were, and we all sort of knew each other through the gig scene, and and uh, and we'd become like you know good mates now. Uh, but I worked with him uh, and his wife. Uh, for, for many many years and uh, one day we were just talking about like how we met our wives and like first dates and stuff and uh, and I was sort of chatting away just, oh yeah you know just went down the pub and had a drink and you know and then just wife went yeah and uh, yeah we went out and had a drink and then yeah we just kind of went back to his and it was really lovely, like, you know, I, I knew that he'd done bands and stuff like that, and, yeah, he was just sort of sitting on his bed, and he, he just got a guitar out, and then I just kind of <laughs> looked at him, and he just had a look. I mean, he's a total fucking helmet, and never gets embarrassed by anything, and the look of fear as to where this story was going to go, because he was sitting in an office with a couple of, like, indie muso pricks, like me and my mate Paul, and she went, what was that song you sung? And he went, I, I, I can't remember. Like trying to wrap the conversation up. And she they went, know, didn't they? She went, oh, it was that more than words. And knowing you just think, oh dear. Like that's never, ever, ever going to be forgotten. That's now out in the public domain. That <laughs> on your first date, you serenaded your missus by playing more than words. Would you ever serenade a bird with more than words if it thought, if you thought, well, I might end up having a kiss and cuddle out of it. Yeah, probably. I couldn't. 
I just couldn't. Fuck off, Mr. No, Integrity. No, I'm not Mr. Integrity. No, because no, because it's got that fucking diminished call that you wouldn't be able to get. That's why. Not even that. You'd have I just done B with you instead. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, I'd have no shame. I would literally just fucking smile on your face. I would happily <laughs> do any of that. But I could not go, saying I love that. I hated that band. Like, I really hated them. Listen, if you don't like what you see here, get the funk out. Get the funk out. Who has a record called Get the Funk Out? Like, they really got on my tits, that band. Yeah, dog shit. Do you know what really annoyed me? Because at that point, I really liked Jane's Addiction, right? Nuno Betancourt ended up in a band with Perry Farrell. Who's Nuno Betancourt? The singer? The guitarist. the, the, The prettier one of the two. More than words, he's shit. Yeah, he's right. I hated that fucking. I hated rock ballads. What was the what was um, what was the poison one? Every rose has its fault. Every rose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that but, era of music really bad. Is it just rock ballads in general? What about? Are there any rock ballads you like? I'll tell you one of my worst ones. <laughs> one of my worst ones is um uh. Aerosmiths. Don't want to close my eyes. Oh. Don't want to go to sleep because I miss you. Like the idea you can't go to sleep because you miss your bird too much. That's You're I, just going to make yourself ill, mate. <laughs> so get a bit of kip and then bang her in the morning. She'll still be there. Yeah, if she snores, sleep downstairs. Pop up in the morning and get your fingers wet. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll just... A, a rock ballad. Is there a good one? I like... Uh, bon Jovi's Blaze of Glory but then is that a ballad or is it a kind of cowboy song because I, I don't like I will love you <laughs> be, you, I wish you could all see the face he pulls well you've got to play you've got to fucking do the face and yeah. do the song haven't you yeah uh, yeah I, I would say that's a rock ballad uh, that that would be on a power ballads album what, Blaze of Glory yeah but Blaze of Glory, I like as a if 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 that's a rock ballad, I like it. Yeah. Because he's he's singing about a cowboy. On a steel horse, I ride. Yeah, who's who's not? And that's one he's dead or alive, isn't it? Oh yeah, he is, isn't it? But um, he's shot down in a Blaze of Glory. Yeah, he? he's a cowboy who's not um, singing a sad sad song like in Every Rose Has His Fall. Do you I... think of any good rock ballads? <sighs> is a rock ballad a power ballad? No, it's not, is it? Like now, power ballads are more pop, yeah. Like Jennifer Rush's "Power of Love," yeah. I think, is a power ballad. Yeah, 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 definitely a rock ballad. It's that's a band that normally do rock songs, doing something a bit slower. Guns and Roses got one. Yeah. Hey, sugar, take it slow. Everything will be all right. What's that? All we need is just a little patience. (laughs) (laughs) That's fun, isn't it? Now you say the word patience, I've heard people say patience referring to that band. Oh, you tried, it's like you try to look sexy when you sung that. It was a bit weird. (laughs) Didn't mean to turn you on. Oh. Is that a power ballad? That's a rock ballad. It's a rock ballad, isn't it? Yeah, because it's a rock band 
doing no, a No, I was talking about I didn't mean to turn you on. I didn't mean to turn... No, that's too fucking... That's urgent. Yeah. That's an urgent. I told you twice. I was only trying to be nice. Only trying to be nice. I didn't mean to turn you... I fucking love that phrase. I didn't mean to turn you... He was such a sexy bloke. He accidentally turned people on. Couldn't help it. Oh, fucking... I can only dream of that. Like, I... Uh, I see something the other day and it was like... I don't know what kind of documentary I was watching, but it was all about... Um, it was like they were all standing behind the desk recording the Power Station album. And so there was like John Taylor, is it John Taylor and Roger Taylor? Like all, like their hair was outrageous. Yeah, yeah it was like fucking Princess Dial, George Michael, it and it just big old fucking yeah. quiffs. And- but Robert Palmer just had a shirt on and his standard haircut, and he just, no, you just think, yeah, he's smooth. Yeah. The heat. Like, he used to scrub his fingers, but he couldn't get the smell of fannies off them. <laughs> he was quite He's literally addicted to love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Do you reckon like there was a, a that song was meant to be called "Addicted to Love Making," but they were like, "Look, Robert, no, don't, it don't scam, mate. It don't work, mate." <laughs> like, um. Climbing the charts from 35 to 24, Once in a Lifetime, Talking Eds. What a ruddy, bloody great record that Ain't is. Ain't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I've got nothing but amazing things to say about that record. Yeah. Don't sound like anything else. No, it's cracking, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Toya is uh, shooting up the stars with four from Toya EP. Have you seen any of Toya's lockdown videos? What, what am I missing? Have you, haven't you, have you seen them? Might have done. Uh, she just covers some songs yeah. with her husband, Robert Fripp. That's good of them, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, loads Not... of people cover songs and put them on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Nice of the two of them to appear in lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, yeah. It's fantastic, though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, good for her. Yeah, good for her. Right, let's move on from music. Okay, right. Uh, films. So we're going to go from films from 1980 because that's what we've prepped for. Well, there there weren't any fucking. There was one film, wasn't there yeah. in in February 1981, and what was it? I, I don't know. Some fucking horror one that I hadn't really seen. Valentine's Day something, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking... my bloody Valentine. It was called. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Never seen it. So in 1980, um, stop me if you've seen any of these. Inferno. No, I've not seen that. Cannibal Holocaust. I have seen that. So there was a bit of a thing for like cannibal films, wasn't there around then? Yeah, but this was just that. This was one of those kind of, you know, just like video nasties, wasn't it? Uh, cannibal Holocaust, like yeah. <clears throat> my my mum and dad would get out video nasties on a Saturday night, and they'd, they'd have their friends over, and uh, their friends had two kids as well, and we'd have to go to bed. And then they'd all sit up, and my mum would go and make rounds of cheese and cheese and tomato sandwiches, and they'd all watch a video nasty. That's a good Saturday night, isn't it? I know, yeah. That's the dream, isn't it? But um, what's the equivalent there? Pop noodle and a wank. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, t- to give people a visual on Cannibal Holocaust, the sleeve uh, is a, a naked woman. Um, with uh, that has been kind of placed on a, a, a kind of spear planted in the ground, and and it obviously looks like it goes through her jacksie and then out of her mouth. It looks quite 
quite brutal. So the premise of it was a team go out in search of an American film crew who've gone out to the Amazon rainforest to find tribes of cannibals, right? And I, I did a little fucking, I, I did a little Google on it. And uh, this is, and I quote, I'm reading verbatim from Wikipedia here. Cannibal Holocaust achieved notoriety as its graphic violence aroused a great deal of controversy. After its premiere in Italy, it was ordered to be seized by a local magistrate and the director, Diodato, was arrested on obscenity charges. He was later charged with multiple counts of murder due to rumours that claimed several actors were killed on camera. That's pretty impressive, isn't it, to have that on your fucking CV, that you've done a film so realistic people think that people actually fucking died he in got, it. Did he get... Or is that all it says? Did it say if he got sentenced? Like, I mean, that's mental. They, they hung him. That's bollocks. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> they hate him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, I, I saw that, like, um, a mutual friend that we went to Cubs with, uh, Stu- called Stuart. Um, yeah, he liked a bit of Cannibal Holocaust, didn't he? Like, yeah, and he had one. I'm sure he had one called Cannibal Ferox. As yeah, well. I saw, yeah, I saw Cannibal Ferox yeah. as well. I can't remember anything about it. I remember it being much the fucking same. It's just going to be horrible, isn't oh, it? Oh, was Cannibal? What was the one where they cut some woman's knocker off? I can't remember. Was that Cannibal Ferox? Probably. It was really horrible. Um, Do you remember people saying about snuff films at school? Yeah. Did you ever see one? No. No. Like, I do remember, like, snuff was a thing at my school as well. Did snuff ever find it at your school? <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. Because it, it was just something a bit illicit, wasn't it? Yeah, and I remember, like, we'd all go, because there was a place where we used to go every Saturday in Grays, where there was a thing called the smoker shop. Mm. And you could go in there and, like, there'd always be, like, um, a kind of glass display thing of, like, pipes yeah. and, like, you know, expensive lighters and, like, smoking paraphernalia. Was that the same shop where we got caught looking at that book about how to make a baby? No, that was in Menzies. That was in John Menzies. No, that weren't. That was in that little fucking... Oh, no, it weren't in the smoker shop. Saxons. It was Saxons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'd got we'd gone down we'd gone down Grays, hadn't we, with, with our mate James, and we were just uh, <laughs> we were far too old to be doing this because we must have been like what do you reckon fucking eleven or twelve? Yeah. And uh, there was this book out to make a baby where they just had oh cheers mate, where they just had lots of like a, you know pictures of little cartoon characters. Mummy loves daddy very much. And they've decided they're going to make a baby. And there's this picture of this little cartoon character laying on top of the other one. And we was all sniggering at it. And James's dad just fucking walked in unbeknownst to us. And went, what are you looking at, lads? Nothing! <laughs> <laughs> but I remember, like, going to the library and, like, looking for photography books. Mm. Like, you kind of find a good, like, kind of arty photography book. It'd yeah. be like, oh, tits. There was, right. one, there was one in the school library when I was a teenager. that had lots of African people in. And uh, very, there was some very low-hanging... And bollocks, like some blokes that have cocks. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And bollocks is like down to their knees. But then if you didn't wear pants, is that what would happen? Did we talk about King Dong in the last one? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I still haven't Googled him. <laughs> but there's uh, worse things on your search history than King Dong. Uh, American Gigolo uh, come out in 1980. Not seen that. I believe that was one of Richard Gere's kind of uh, yeah. uh, kind of breakthrough films. Yeah, I haven't seen that. It says uh, from Wikipedia, and I quote: Richard uh, Richard Gere plays a high class male escort. American Gigolo. So why why has he always got to have someone who's on the game in his films? That's a very good point. Hmm. Uh, he was handsome, wasn't he? He was handsome. Can I just can I just read this next bit as well? The film is notable for establishing Gear as a leading man and was one of the first mainstream Hollywood films to include full frontal male nudity from its main star. I didn't know you could see his cock in it. Nor did I. Um, have you seen The Fog? No. No, I I, I haven't seen The Fog. But I, I did have, a, I again, had a little Google and I saw it had Jamie Lee Curtis in it. So I would imagine it's probably worth watching because she did a lot of times in the 80s when the script required it, pop her bangers out. She was bloody lovely, wasn't she? She Jamie was, Lee wasn't Curtis? she? Yeah. I mean, you know, I've not seen what she looks like now, but. Uh, no, yeah. she looks. She's still tidy. Yeah. Um, the other films I know very little about. Um, Midnight Madness, Cruising, Saturn 3, Foxy's. I, di- I didn't know anything about any others. Cruising, Al Pacino played a serial killer who targeted leather clad gay men. Hmm. Okay. Um, and uh, Midnight Madness was a Disney film with Michael J. Fox's first role. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Right. Favourite Michael J. Fox film? So, need to ask that. Um, yeah, you can, and I'm going to give you a surprising answer. Um, my favourite Michael J. Fox film by a country mile is Casualties of War. Really? Yeah, I absolutely love it. I think it's harrowing to watch, but I think he puts in an insanely amazing performance. Now, of course I love Back to the Future. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, Team Wolf is one that, when it come out, I remember just thinking, this is the greatest thing ever. Mm. And it... It don't hold up that well now. I've not seen Team Wolf for a while. I, I watched. Uh, I've got a DVD of Team Wolf and Team Wolf Two, and I have to say, Team Wolf is like fucking Citizen Kane compared to Team Wolf Two. 
is appalling. Is that Jason Bateman? It's Jason Bateman, but yeah. I think it was basically made by Jason Bateman's dad to get Jason Bateman on the ladder. Right. He's, he's a f- it worked. Yeah, it did, yeah. Um, I mean, Timor's dad is an incredible character. Like He just looks brilliant. When he shuts that door and his dad's there... With the full wolf get up on. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. He's Dave Lee Travis, isn't it? When it he is. when he came to the end of the path apologising for titting up a newsreader in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> exactly he just thought, it's Team Wolf's dad. Um, yeah, I... Uh, well, what's yours? Um, back to the Future, by, by a fucking mile. Mm. I, I like Casualties of War, but I went, for, I went through a period of watching all the Vietnam films... Because um, I hadn't seen quite a few of them. And uh, I thought Casualties of War was great, but um, the scenes in the jungle look like they're in a studio. Yeah. And and then there's a bit at the start and the end where he sees a Chinese woman who reminds him of the Vietnam War. And then at the end, you kind of like... So every time you see a Chinese person... It reminds you of the Vietnam War, and it feels a bit like nowadays they might have made a different decision about yeah. the start and end of yeah, it. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but but yeah, like I, I, I really like that, you know, and, and there's some fucking great Vietnam films, isn't there? Well, there's a thing that I watched last week, bizarrely, on, on um, Netflix. They've just added this thing, um, this Netflix or uh, Prime, about Platoon. Yeah, uh, and it's all the cast now talking about making that film. And the process that it involved Oliver Stone taking them there, not really feeding them, like giving them no, like, kind of, you know, Hollywood kind of privileges. Yeah. And stripping them down, keeping them all together until they kind of... And, and he brought in somebody that served there to kind of put them through this kind of... this procedure that would get them in that mindset. And it's really interesting because you forget that... Like, no one really knew who Johnny Depp was then, and like um, and uh, Kevin Dillon, and I'm trying to think, uh, is it Tommy Lee, uh, what's his name, uh, Tom Berenger, yeah, uh, Willem Dafoe, like these weren't like household names then. Probably Tom Berenger, probably the most, and they're all sitting there saying like it was harrowing. We were starving. We were like, you know, and, oh really? And, yeah, it was really interesting. Like a proper. I mean, and, and obviously like. Charlie Sheen, he was saying that he'd been there before because he was there with his dad when his dad shot Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Like, so, oh, yeah, really? Yeah, it's an interesting watch, just kind of getting a little bit of backstory on it because, I mean, that's one of the, the best ones, isn't it, for that kind of thing? Yeah. Like, horrible as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is they're just so fucking horrible, aren't they? And you're just really glad that you ain't there. Yeah. What's the most scared you've ever been? Uh, Not when you saw that pretend UFO. <laughs> I wasn't scared. I was just kind of mesmerised and thinking, you know, I'm just really lucky to have been here in this country lane seeing this UFO where, like, Roy, he's just one of these blokes that, like, he's, he's gone all these 40 years and he's never done anything fucking interesting or out of the ordinary. And, like, probably when I'll tell him, he'll just scoff at this when we do a podcast. <laughs> But, like, actually, it's really something fucking amazing and people understand that and appreciate it, but he's just a cunt, so he don't. Or a plane. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I can't remember being really, really fucking scared. 
what, like watching a film or... No, just in general. When, when have you ever just thought, shit? Um, oh, d- like a couple of... Just, just like a couple of times for a fucking split second, like, driving. Yeah. Um, Can you remember... Go on, sorry, give us an example. But I always think that I made this up now. But can you remember when we was we was at the traffic lights behind that lorry, and then that lorry pulled away, and we didn't, and then all the shit from that lorry fell off the back. That's, that's what I was going to say about. Do you remember that? Because yeah. I, no, we was going to see the spiral carpets, weren't we? Or something like that. We was going to London, and I remember just thinking, did I make that up? No, it, it, we was on the A13. We were sat at the traffic lights, and this lorry's just fucking pulled away, and, and this stuff's just shot off the back of it. Mm. And it was like it, it was like ice or fucking sludge or something, and it just landed on the windscreen. And it sort of felt for a split second like we're going to die. Yeah. Do you know what? I like, I've often kind of remember, half remembered that and told people, and I was like, have I just made that up? No, like, I'm glad you, fucking, glad you fucking said that, because, yeah, it's, it's a weird fucking half memory, isn't it? Mm. That's the nearest I've come to feeling like Renee from Hello Hello when that scaffolding pole shot off the back of the lorry. Um, do you, um... <laughs> you liked Hello Hello, didn't you? Uh, I wouldn't say I loved it. You liked Duty Free, didn't you? I fucking did love that. I really love Duty Free. But we were sort of going on all to Spain around the time. Um, no, do you know, I still love Duty Free. Because it's a, so it was written by, was it Eric Chappell who wrote Rising Damp? Was it? And I just thought, as, as a sitcom, if you want someone fucking hiding in a wardrobe and like, you know, someone who's, who he's, he's unhappy with his life and he's unhappy with his wife... And here there's this kind of alluring bird who's a little bit younger than his wife and a little bit more middle class. And his wife's very northern and kind of working class. And he's got aspirations and delusions of grandeur in the same way that Rigsby has. Rigsby, yeah. And like, there was a. What I sort of enjoyed about Duty Free was like, yeah, the, the, yeah, the situations and just the fucking ridiculousness of it. And I, I still like it now. But what I like about it now is basically you can see. Leonard Rossiter in Rising Damp is an absolute fucking masterclass in acting and timing and everything. And Keith Barron, he ain't quite Leonard Rossiter, but the writing's up to that standard. Yeah. And like, I just I enjoy seeing him playing playing the part. I do fucking love Duty Free, and I know it's like it's one of them fucking throwaway sitcoms for a lot of people, but I really like it. Well, we can talk telly now. And uh, I'm going to put up some TV guides uh, that you, you've sent over uh, from 1981. Well done. Yeah, uh, that was the second lot I sent over. Um, so, you've chose a Sunday. And uh, how rubbish were Sundays when you was a kid? They were shit, weren't they? It took, me a, it took me a long while to get out of the fucking idea that Sundays are just... I mean, you just... Like, you're clock watching, aren't you, just for Sunday to finish. But it got worse, because it'd be like bath night, and it'd be like... You know, well, I'm sure we'll get on to what was on in the evening, but it was like... Just boring. But why were Sundays so shit? Was it because be- it's school the next day? Yeah, but like, why ruin a whole day because you got school the next day? But I still fucking get that. If I've got something, you know, like if you've got something you ain't, you, you're fucking dreading doing and you put it off. I, right, so I left my accounts this year to the last day. Like, yeah. I left my accounts right to the last day, to January the 31st, because I just fucking dreaded doing them. 
And then, like, the minute I fucking finish doing my accounts, I'm dreading the following year's accounts. And that's what, that's what Sundays used to be like. You're fucking dreading school so much, you spend a whole day fucking wasting it because you're going to school the next day. Absolutely, completely agree. And telly didn't help. So you'd wake up and, like, at nine o'clock on ITV, simply sewing. I've put a what's it in a really inopportune moment. It ain't a normal what's it, it's the, it's the new uh, giant what's it. No, everyone's thinking, why is it taking him so long to finish that what's yeah. it? The giant what's it, they're fucking enormous, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's the king dong of the baked snack. <laughs> um, uh, I was just thinking that. Simply snowing, uh, sorry, simply sewing, then doctor, and then at 10 o'clock morning worship, at 10.30 celebration, 11 o'clock link. I mean, that is all horrific television for a kid. Uh, thankfully, at 11.30, Mork and Mindy. Yeah, Mork and Mindy. Oh, that was so good. So good. Like, our good was Mork. Yeah. Mindy was a salt. Yeah. Like, it had everything, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really did. Amazing theme tune. Yeah, it just I love theme tunes like that. It just mm. fucking it made you feel nostalgic about it while you were still watching it. Oh, exactly! Great shot. Yeah, it really was, wasn't it? Oh, come in, awesome! Come in, awesome! Then, then instantly they just fucking pulled a rug from under you. Weekend World, can you remember that? No, remember the credits to Weekend World being something really serious, and it felt like. Sort of thing that like Chris Morris of Pastiche now. Like, <laughs> uh, then Babylon, look here. And then I always remember kind of pre-Smurfs and stuff like that. There used to be like Sunday telly. There was a bit like kind of post-roast. Yeah. <laughs> that you'd get something half decent. You've got 15 minutes uh, called Cartoon Time. And I'd love to think that that would have been like Daffy Duck or, yeah. like, you know, Sylvester or, you know, something good. Yeah, a bit of Tom and Jerry. Yeah, that would have done. But I bet that would have been something like Watu Watu Superbird or like Batfink. <laughs> something really fucking rubbish. Oh, Batfink was all right. Was it? Old oh, Wings like Shield of Steel. Yeah, it was It was like... It was, oh, no, no. Like, I remember thinking that. Can you remember? Because I've had this conversation with a few people. You used to get like the Smurfs. Yeah. And then you'd get um, Joni Loves Charchi, the kind of spin-off. Yeah, happy days. days. Can you remember Chopper Squad? Sounds like one of your old man's DVDs. (laughs) 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 I found it on top of me and mum and dad's wardrobe. Chopper Squad was fucking brilliant. What was Chopper Squad? It was like a helicopter rescue thing from Australia. It was just a a load of proper blokes with like kind of stubble, beards and and like short shorts. Just like... Doing like real cool shit in a helicopter yeah. under the guise of Chopper Squad. I'm a bit worried about your fucking Chopper Squad blokes in tight shorts and fucking Anton fixing his motorbike. That's <laughs> <laughs> <I> rare. <laughs> uh, yeah, then uh, Survival Police Five. Remember Police Five? I do, yeah. Hey, Joe, one of my favourite things was fucking seeing on, uh, on the market in Grey's. Uh, a, a little round of leather jackets with a, a sign on top saying as seen on police five comedy yeah 630 chips 
Chips was fucking great, wasn't it? What a theme tune. Like, but, see, I've gone back and, ex- uh, and explored the theme uh, to Chips. Takes a while. Get hold on, give me the theme tune to Chips. Well, it's like loads of kind of like... And it's like kind of like building you up until you just get them rocketing off, John and Punch. Fucking brilliant. It's worth it, though, and it's worth the wait. You're doing front rolls around your front room, aren't you? Yeah. The, the testosterone that you've got at that age is through the fucking roof. It's it was like, great, Chips, so, and that was one of the ones it teased you with the characters, didn't it, in yeah. the intro? Yeah. Mm, love that. Followed by The Muppet Show. Yeah, nothing the matter with The Muppet Show. Nothing the matter with The Muppet Show. Um, then it's just rubbish. Uh, ITN News, uh, your 100 best hymns. <laughs> I mean, oh, a sharp intake of breath. I don't know what that is. Um, and then heart to heart murder. Like uh, <laughs> when they got together, it was murder. <laughs> um, I remember wanting to stay up. And this and- is their dog freeway. <laughs> <laughs> that dog's dead. Yeah, I I went to see Sam Simmons, the uh, comedian, in uh uh at one of his live shows and he just got out this book of kittens 1978 and he went it's just a book of dead kittens dead dead <laughs> dead dead that's it it's like I kind of find that now if you watch anything retrospective of animals I just think oh we're dead yeah like it's no point getting upset about it because they are actually dead would that make a YouTube clip dead dogs and just show loads of dogs from old TV shows Fred Bassett Hong Kong furry. All dead. <laughs> Big B. <laughs> dead B. Oh, dear. Um, yeah, I remember always wanting to stop late and watch Heart to Heart. But I think if I was ever a lad, I remember just thinking, don't really get it. What time is it on? Uh, quarter to eight. Sunday night, school night, mate. Oh. Followed by the news. Um... Yeah, and then the Bing Crosby uh, golf tournament. BBC One, um, equally as shit, if not shitter. No, BBC One's a lot sh- a lot shitter. Mm. You've just done ITV, so you've peaked too soon. Yeah. Heads and Tails, that was lovely. Oh, Heads and Tails was good. Yeah, Derek. Derek Griffiths was there more of a good bloke in the whole 80s than Derek Griffiths. Do you know what? I, I, reckon, I reckon Brian Kant was a good bloke. But I don't think... I reckon Brian Camp would kind of... He'd nip for a piss when it was his rand, right? Yeah. And everyone would be like, where's, where's, where's Brian? I reckon Griffiths would just be like, I saw, I'll get him. Yeah. He'd, he'd be up the ramp again, wouldn't he, without yeah. a second fault? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just rubbish. Uh, your own business, followed by the handicapped family, followed by right away, uh, then your move, Kentuckety... Uh, make your own furniture. I mean, how bad was Telly then? Was that BBC Two? BBC One. Fucking hell. Uh, training dogs the Woodhouse Way, farming, uh, Tom and Jerry, young scientists of the Tom year. Tom and Jerry? Yeah, I mean, if that's the peak, that's the peak. And that was probably like made in 1935 or yeah. something. Holiday. Oh, no, this is saying me that. Holiday would have just been like some kind of middle-aged woman just was that kinda... judith chalmers no she done was that holiday no she done what was her show called 
wasn't that called Holiday? No. Wish You Were Here. Wish You Were Here, yeah. Like, Holiday, I mean, it would have just been like a poor man's version of that. Mm. It would have been like fucking... I always thought Pink Floyd missed a trick not getting her to do guest vocals live. Yeah, massively. So you wish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Sunday film. And then, yeah, 9.30, That's Life. I remember like... Thinking that was something I really wanted to watch. I, I used to. I think my mum and dad used to let us stay up a little bit later than you. You went to bed about quarter past six. <laughs> <laughs> I remember once, right? I had green curtains that like blacked out no light. And I remember I don't know what time it was, but I remember going to bed and it was like broad daylight. And I remember like, hearing all my mates out in the road playing. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember just thinking, fucking hell. Like, you were such an annoying cunt, your mum couldn't wait to see the back of you. That's why they got your blackout curtains and put you bed at half past two in the afternoon. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, right, so let's get on to BBC Two then. Um, open University, uh, Ireland, a, ter- a television history, Ski Sunday. Ireland, a television history. I mean, I love I love Ireland and I love the Irish people. You know, big shout out to all our Irish male listeners between 47 and 49, which are our, our, our demographic. I, I got an email from a bloke the other day who's actually 49 and a half, so our demographic is expanding. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if he watched the money program that was on. Can you remember that? No. Nah. I remember it was just like a load of fucking boring cunts banging on about like that. Probably the financial sort of structure. It sounds tedious, doesn't it? Just rubbish. Um, oh, it was just, honestly everything on there was. Fun. Tom and Jews, the only thing on two channels of BBC broadcasting, their heads and tails mm. for kids. Yeah. Fucking really no well. wonder you hated Sundays. It's bollocks, isn't it? Yeah. What time are you at at the moment? Uh, yeah, that that was that was like nine. I got to nine o'clock at night. We're yeah. pretty much done on that. Um, one of the other things that was on telly then as well, uh, which and it was actually the, the Masters, the Benson Edges Masters in 1981, uh, the snooker tournament. And uh, 136 break by uh, Mr. Terry Griffiths. Um, so uh, to give you a bit of uh, background on this, um, the number of invited players have been raised to 12, which saw Steve Davis make his Masters debut. Oh, I wonder whatever happened to him. No idea. Alex Higgins reached his fourth consecutive Masters final by defeating Cliff Thorburn. Despite being trailed 1.5, he won uh, six frames to five. Um, I think despite being extremely pissed. <laughs> yeah. Then he reversed the result of the 80s final against Terry Griffiths. Uh, right, so from that, yeah, uh, Alex uh, Hurricane Higgins won it. Um, is it a sport? Yes. That's the end of that one. Next. <laughs> yeah, of course it's a fucking sport because it takes skill and practice. Lager. You don't have to, yeah, but you don't have to fucking run around to do snooker, but it's, it's, it's something you practice and work at and, uh, and, and it's a skill that normal people don't have. So's drawing. Yeah, but it's different, isn't it? Because you're not playing up against someone when you're drawing. Maybe. You're not competing against other athletes. It's a, it's, of course it's a fucking sport, snooker. And, did like, you... if you really think snooker ain't a sport, I'll take you outside, I'll snap one of them snooker cues in half and fucking wrap it round your head, you fucking pedantic cunt. Did you well, ever have a snooker cue? I was never one of them blokes. Like, my dad had one, and like, but I don't think he'd ever really let me, like, 
take it out because there was like there was people like uh like, I remember like people like, people like Gal yeah like, and, and oh that, he'd have had one when he was like fourteen wouldn't yeah, he in and, two halves yeah, yeah. And in a little case and he would have wanted to down the sportsman played snooker and had a couple of pints yeah and I remember just thinking. I wish I could go somewhere and play snooker and have a couple of pints. Yeah, but we never had any pubes till we was about 24. So, like, and they'd it, have said, where's your pubes? We'd have fucking showed them our little fucking boldies and they'd have gone, get out. <laughs> <laughs> for, for the listeners, he's just held up a what's it. <laughs> but I remember going to the Sportsman. So the Sportsman is, was like a snooker club. And we walked past it the other day, didn't we? We had a little look through the window. Yeah. And uh, and it's, it's really weird because it was like... It was such a thing back then, and I'm sure there's still a huge fraternity of people that still love playing snooker in snooker clubs. But it just become this thing where, like, you got like a membership card, and it was like fucking hell. Because like, at that time, no one had anything to put in their wallet. Certainly not money. You had your national insurance card, and that was about <laughs> it, wasn't it? And, uh, and and maybe a phone card. But uh, I, I remember like someone had like a video membership card. Video membership cards, yeah, and yeah, but, like. You know, you had a membership card, the sportsman, and it was like, yeah, just go down this, you know. Yeah, it's all right, you know, I like have a couple of frames, have a couple of pints. And it's like, what? Like, I was still, like, playing Star Wars, and, like, <laughs> and it was like, fucking hell. Yeah, of course you was. You had the Millennium Falcon, you cunt. <laughs> do, you, do you, like, we were quite late developers, weren't we? Yeah, but I think we just enjoyed being kids, didn't we? Because I know Gal's listening to this, and, like, but Gal was one of them blokes that, like, your dad would have a conversation with. Yeah. Like, like well, he ended up working for my dad and being one of the blokes, didn't he? Like, yeah. my dad like sees him all the time now, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, caught up with Gal the other day. Yeah, he was still out in the road having a chat for about an hour." And he's like, he was doing that at like fourteen. Yeah, he had stuff to talk to your parents about, didn't he? Because they all had pubes together. <laughs> Oh, I remember like, you know, obviously we had we had our mate Craig, didn't we? And he had like pubes like when he was well young. Nine, I I, I did estimate at nine. Like, I remember like at school, like if it was like, and I because I mean, Craig, we was we was all just playing war, weren't we, over the woods? Yeah. And he had a piss and just got his cock out and just remember going like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like full on throw, wasn't it? Yeah, he had a proper like dad's plonker, didn't he? Yeah, like... it was like a little bit of feedback from the microphone when he got his <laughs> cock out. Like he had, he had a thick bass, didn't he? Like your dad? Yeah, and like... <laughs> not your dad. <laughs> but like, yeah, and I, and I remember like especially at like, school and stuff, and it was like, right, yeah, going in the showers, and it's like, I mean. Does that still happen? Do, like, do people still have to, like, school, do they all have showers together? Because, like, it feels like that's wrong now. But, like, I remember at the time not being comfortable with it and just thinking, there's blokes over there that have got, like, fucking, like, stubble. And it's like, I ain't one of them. Yeah. I don't want to fucking get in there and me button mushroom because it's like, <laughs> it's going to be horrible. And, like, somehow I managed to kind of keep myself, like, covered to the point where, like, no one ever went, oh, you got no pubes. But, like, you know, and obviously, like, Lee. Like, Lee was, like, obviously a, a, a Greek Cypriot. Like, so he, you know, he was very dark-skinned. And, like, so he seemed to mature a lot quicker than us as well and had, like, definitive stubble. And, yeah. Like, and was just a bloke. Yeah, like, he was he was shaving when he was about four, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, do you know what? I remember just thinking, oh, I, I wish like... I remember just looking at my cock and thinking, I wish I had some pubes. I wouldn't have done anything with them. I just wanted some. (laughs) Oh, dear. Cliff Forbin would have had some pubes. Oh, mate, yeah. uh, Yeah, I remember just like... Did you used to watch snooker? I did used to watch snooker, because I think my granddad was interested in it. So, um, you know, going from wishing we had pubes to me dead granddad briefly, um, <laughs> it's what he would have wanted. Um, like, yeah, he watched the snooker, and because we went round my nan and granddad's on a Sunday, we'd, we'd have watched the snooker. And so, like, all them snooker finals, you know, and the Steve Davis and, uh, and Dennis Taylor one, we'd, yeah. we'd, have, we'd have watched all them, you know, and Cliff, I remember Cliff Fulham being, like, slow, you know, and, uh, you know, a slow player that took his time over the table. And obviously, Hurricane Higgins being the opposite, you know, just kind of bullet a gate kind of thing. Yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I watched a documentary on the uh, on BBC iPlayer about uh, Hurricane Higgins a little while ago. Got the impression he wasn't that nice a person. Right. I've read his read his autobiography. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, but he's he's one of these kind of troubled geniuses, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think like all the kind of Dennis Taylor thing that felt a little bit later than that. I think. Like, so what would that have been, like mid-80s? Yeah, I think so. I might be wrong. So did you, was like, like visiting your grandparents, was that like a Sunday ritual? Yeah, that was like, we did that every Sunday, because me, me nan and granddad lived in Avely. And so we'd, we'd drive over there, and uh, me nan would do a salad every Sunday night, like pilchard salad, uh, have that. And she used to get these white, crusty rolls, uh, and just put loads of butter on them. Just it was just fucking like yes, I remember one time uh, I'd been to Craig, who we just talked about, who had the pubes, didn't know at the time. Um, I'd been to his birthday party, 
and my mum picked us up from there and so we went to my nan and granddad's a bit later and um my granddad and, and my nan were always like they were just a bit critical of the way my mum did things like I think because they were like staunch working class, lived in a council house, and my mum's family were aspirational working class, I think there was always that kind of, you know, just don't quite, the balance ain't quite right. And um, so my mum picked us up from Craig's house, and we went over, drove over to my nan and granddad's in Avely, and we're all sat there um, having, our, having our pilchard salad, and uh, my nan had these chairs sorry for that over graphic deal but i have to I have to just explain my nan had these chairs with chrome legs and i remember like it always felt really nice just like moving your feet up and down the chrome legs of the chairs and my granddad went can you smell something and uh my nan's like oh oh right and he went oh and he's looked round, right and i've just basically smeared dog shit up and down the legs of this chrome chair and he went did they have a dog at that party? And my mum went, they have got a dog. And he went, oh, you're picking him up from his party where they've got this dirty dog and he's smeared crap all up the legs of the chair, like <laughs> just done his nut, right? And they've, they've followed the footsteps of the shit, expecting them to lead to the front door, and they haven't. They've led behind the curtain. And it turned out their cat had crap behind the curtain. And I'd got, I used to have this little corner of the room where I went to play. And I'd just, I'd played in the corner, trod in the cat crap. And then, like, so my granddad had to sit there quietly and finish his salad. Having a, you know, like, accuse someone first. And, you know. Oh, brilliant. Uh, did, did, you, uh, did you have a Sunday ritual at all while we Um, no. I, I, it's really weird because, like, uh, like I speak to my missus and like, and she, you know, w- would always go to her nans and things like that. We would go and see my nan, but it wasn't like a, a, a ritual thing. It wasn't like every week. I just remember Sundays just being. My dad used to go shooting every Sunday. Oh, did he shoot clay pigeons? Yeah, and uh, and so I think when I was quite young, like he used to take me to there. And it was up the one two eight opposite the Dog and Partridge pub. Oh no, yeah, because when when we, me mum, me mum and dad would go for a drink there, and us as kids would go and explore like all round the back, and you'd always find these clay pigeons. We didn't know what they were at the yeah. time, like cause they look like little bowls, didn't they? Yeah, you fucking turn them upside down. So we used to go over there, like I used to go over there, and and I'd just sit there and just like watch him, just kind of every sort of fifth person do his shooting. Probably with like a pair of big headphones on because it was really loud. You being... were fucking posh. Millennium Falcon, my dad did shooting. <laughs> but I remember just like really not wanting to like be there. Like cause it was really boring. And there was like like a caravan there where you get like a polystyrene cup of tea. And like <laughs> and obviously as a kid, you don't want a cup of tea, do you? You want a can of coke. Yeah. And like and I'd just be sitting there just kind of drinking that and and in the end, like, I mean, this does make me sound sport. My dad bought me a shotgun <laughs> <laughs> and I was about 10. And so, yeah, I would go over there with a, a, a single barrel 410 shotgun and uh, and I'd be like the sort of the sixth bloke in the queue that would kind of have pop shots at this clay pigeon. And uh, and so I remember, like, we'd done that for years. Like, Until I'd, you took it apart and ended up with two screws <laughs> left over and fucked it. <laughs> But like, but yeah, I remember sort of that, and then coming home and like, th- there was always like the smell of a roast on a Sunday. Yeah. But like, 
I remember not really giving a shit about roast dinners, and I still don't. Like, I don't oh, really? Yeah. I fucking love a roast dinner. Do you? Like, I would have a roast dinner every single day of the week. Really? I fucking love a roast dinner. No. Like... I suppose you just kind of, you just equate it with having to go to bed at half past two with the blackout <laughs> curtains. <laughs> oh, can I start for a chopper squad? Go to bed. Yeah, I just, and, and I remember like bath night, that was ritual. Like bath night and then like coming down in my gym jams and watching uh, whatever the Gloria Hunniford show was called. Like, where it was some kind of really average chat show that was on about six o'clock. Watching that, maybe watching like Heidi High, and then like no, it was Highway. Then Songs of Praise, and I remember having like my dad loved watching Last of the Summer Wine back then. Oh really? And it just all of that stuff just it's just so boring. Yeah. And like and you watch this boring stuff, and all you've got to look forward to is going to school the next day. It's poxy, isn't it? Fucking rubbish. I tell you right. Let's finish on this story because what a fucking, what a fella. February the 26th, 1981. Joey Coyle, an unemployed longshoreman in Philadelphia, was driving behind an armoured car when all of a sudden its doors opened and two bags of money fell out. Joe retrieved the bags and then pulled over, explored them to find that he was in possession of 1.2 million in cash. Fucking hell. Over the next six days, he either gave it away or spunked 196 grand before being caught by the FBI. Um, <laughs> he was later acquitted of theft, and his story was the basis for the 1993 film Money for Nothing. What a fucking geezer. If that had been in Ireland, the film would have been called It Fell Off the Back of a Lorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you know what? That was my absolute fucking dream. Oh, imagine it. When you, when you used to live down Farrock Park, and I used to walk back up the dual carriageway home, um, I'd just fucking dream that one day I'd see a shoebox there and open it up and it'd have like 45 grand in it. It was never 50 grand. It was always just like just thousands of pounds. Not as much as 50 grand, not greedy, but just thousands of fucking pounds. Not life-changing, but fuck me, you could have a good time. I don't know. I think in the 80s that might have been life-changing. true, true. What's the most you've ever found? Um, it ain't that. It ain't that much. I found twenty three quid, <laughs> just like because it was a twenty. It was a twenty pound note and a few pound coins on. You know, as as you kind of walk up the hill out of Grays on that uh, on the bank that was where the allotments were yeah. that they're going to fucking build on now. On that bank there, it was just there. Like someone obviously, I don't know whether they'd sat there and had a cuddle with their bird and it had just dropped out of their pocket. Oh, what a day! I know, like, if you find, you know, it's good, I used to fucking love finding money, but it never happened, you know, like, I find a few quid. What's most you found? I went to the uh, secret nuclear bunker. Um, oh, in Kelvin Hatch? Yeah, the secret one, yeah. Um, like... Oh, sorry, <laughs> I'll edit that out. <laughs> uh, have you been now? Mm. I mean, it's amazing and weird. I went, I went there, when I worked for the youth service, I had to take a party of kids there. Um, on the summer scheme, I was CRB chair, fucking pulling that face like, oh, <laughs> secret nuclear bunker, <laughs> under tens. Um, and we have another secret? <laughs> <laughs> One more secret, one. Everything down here is secret. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so we went down this the secret nuclear bunker with a party of kids who were kind of aged between, I don't know, like fucking 10 and 13. And there was, there was me and one other youth worker and about fucking 20 kids. Uh, and all the signs were saying, don't touch. And what you do when you're a kid, you just fucking touch everything. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a fucking, it was a really unenjoyable day and a really enjoyable place. Have you been back? Nah. Because it's mental, isn't it? Is it still open? Yeah. And like, it's, uh, yeah, you just go into this front door of this house in the middle of nowhere and then you just go down this slope into this huge underground bunker, like huge hospital down there, like all sorts of transmission rooms. That, yeah, it was like a Cold War bunker, yeah. wasn't it? And it looks like they've just shut it and where the people were, they've just replaced with like creepy dummies. And it's really horrible. But um, we took the kids out and... Uh, <laughs> And then as I walked out of there, like, we, we've got a cup of tea in there, and then there was no one there. You could just, like, use like, use the kettle on that, but then it was, like, and have, a, like, a Kit Kat, but it was, like... A, you know I, that money you found? That was the honesty box. No, and there was an honesty box. <laughs> and, like, and I remember, like, putting my money in the honesty box and just thinking, could it just fucking not? And, like, but I did. And then as I walked out, I was like, oh, it's 20 quid. And like, I was like, fucking hell, I picked it up. And then I just like went, hey, like that in front of me, not my wife and, or, or my sister, but my brother-in-law. I was like, hey, look what I've just got. And, uh, and he was like, oh, fucking hell. And then I went, yep. And as I turned back around to keep walking forward, I see another one. And I was like, hey, <laughs> 40 quid. All right, I thought you say, then there was another one. And then this net fucking come around and caught us all up in the air. Just the two. 40 quid, though. 40 quid? Fucking hell. It's nearly yeah. doubled my one. Yeah. So uh, so that was... I think that's the most I've ever found. I think I've had a purse once when I was a kid. And like, I'm probably like... Rather than just like take the cash and just launch it, was like, right, I'll walk to the police station. I might have been there with you. Yeah. I remember we used to go to the police station at the drop of an hat, didn't we? Like that fucking... <laughs> the, 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 the dodgy phone call. We'd just go to the police and report it. <laughs> For a snitches. <laughs> Yeah, did we, was you there? I remember just finding like a purse and it probably had like a tenner in it and I was like, no. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? I think I would have had more fun going to the police station yeah. and handed it in than I would have with what I probably would have done with that tenner. Definitely. Was you there that time going back to the smoker's shop when uh, they were selling off all of their Cadbury's cream eggs and, and the mint <laughs> eggs? I think I was. And they were selling them off for like something like five p. Yeah, and I remember just buying a load, a load of mouldy cream eggs <laughs> <laughs> because they were, I remember just like walking home, just like eating all this out of date chocolate, thinking I'd had a right result. Definitely. Like, yeah, they were like they were like fucking five p. I remember that now yeah. you say that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we've kind of put to bed 1981. Is there anything else you want to add? No, I mean hopefully, like March 1981, will be a little bit more. Eventful film-wise. Yeah, we haven't got to go back a year. Yeah, but, you know, at least we know we can. Yeah. All right, well, uh, um, thanks for listening. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next time, right? Yeah, see you next month. Bye-bye. Bye. Remembering when we were young in the 80s.